Hello and welcome to Drafting the Dregs. You're with Mick, Dave, Gilby and I'm Isaac and we'll be talking all things draft fantasy premier league uh, game week two is finished up and we've got lots to talk about lots of different things have happened um, i think what we'll do we'll start with having a quick chat about uh, the games that we selected at the back end of uh, our last podcast we each selected a game we thought would be pretty good for fantasy points and i'm going to start with mick um, mick had the uh, opportunity to pick the game he wanted to to review uh, he doesn't have a, a team in the Premier League this year, which I'm going to bring up every single opportunity that I can, which he won't mind, I'm sure. And uh, Mick, tell us the game you selected. Tell us the bold prediction that you made and talk about uh, what actually happened. Uh, yeah, so I went with, I think I put, picked out two matches that I was looking at. One was uh, Man U Southampton, which I thought could be a, quite a high-scoring affair. Um not exactly true, but Gilby will talk more about that one. Um, yeah, the game I went with was uh, Villa-Newcastle. Um, two teams that I think generally can be free-scoring that aren't necessarily the best defensively. Turns out, again, that was completely wrong. So really, my predictions are as useful as my fantasy team right now. Um, so 2-0 Villa. I think, having watched the game, big thing for me was Callum Wilson. It wasn't actually Villa's strikers. It wasn't anything else, but Callum Wilson had a shocker. Um, I think it was only a couple of minutes into the game when he had a one-on-one through on goal, uh, completely burnt Tyrone Minks, who I'll come back to later, and just completely fluffed it. In a chance, you'd probably expect him to make more often than not. Um, then to make matters worse, goes off the second half, 75th minute, I think, 2-0 down, has a chance through on goal, gets taken out. Um, should have been a penalty, possibly at least a yellow card, possibly a red they were talking about, but I doubt it would have been. Um, Turns out he was offside the whole time, didn't even get a chance to get back into the game. So I just really think uh, Callum Wilson's the one that missed that one. Uh, well, that's yeah, interesting. Overall, I, think... I was just going to say, it's interesting because, you know, we were talking about being one of the best pickups of the draft last week for Dave, hero to absolute zero. How does it make you feel, Dave? Are you you pumped that he's just had that shocker and not given you, what, potentially upwards of eight or more points? I mean, we're going to go through our own teams and how they perform (laughs) later on. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, he created chances (laughs) and I'll back him in to score that goal next time it comes up. Um, But yeah, pretty pretty frustrating, really. Right. Sorry, Mick. I just thought I'd uh, get Dave's feedback there. That's fine. Uh, With that as well, I think Tyrone Minks had a pretty fantastic game. Um, again, like I said, I'll come back to him a bit after, but a couple of assists, clean sheet, involved in everything, kind of up front as well as down back. Um, I think the main thing I wanted to talk about from this game was I found it really interesting looking at three players, particularly for this game, and their value in fantasy. Um, the fullbacks for Newcastle specifically. So Newcastle, not a great defensive team. So you've got Matt Ritchie on the left, Jacob Murphy on the right. Now, both of those guys, set-piece takers, particularly Richie. Um, Jacob Murphy, I'm pretty sure, classifies as a mid on fantasy, whereas Richie's been moved to a defender. Um, yeah, I just want to get your opinion on, are they possible targets to pick up? Maybe more so for a one-week transfer, bring them in off a waiver against a, a lesser team like an Arsenal, maybe, um, rather than anyone else. But yeah, I just want to know what your thoughts are. Arsenal, wow. Sorry, Gilby, you go. Um, well, the interesting thing, I'm a analysis and maths man, and having a look at these statistics, 
Um, Matt Ritchie is only behind TAA for the amount of chances created for defenders. So if Newcastle can sort their defence out <laughs> somehow in general and maybe pick up a shutout here or there, or as Mick was saying, if you can play the fixtures well, Matt Ritchie for me is worth a punt, definitely. Well, Big gamble. You've got to, you've got to figure out which that game is. Yeah, absolutely. So looking at some of the stats from that game, um, Newcastle had nine key passes for the game. Matt Ritchie had five of them. So a guy that's having that much creative influence on the game, um, especially when you do have someone that's generally as prolific as Callum Wilson, you'd expect them to probably get involved a little bit more, and particularly off corners because uh, I think the two centre-backs at the moment are Fernandez and Lascelles normally. Um, I'm assuming that's still – and Fabian Shah. All of those guys can uh, set piece or corner threats. So if he's whipping in corners, you'd expect them to get potentially on the end of one or two throughout the season. So there's a chance there. But the third one, so I said the two fullbacks, is St. Maximin. From what I saw in the highlight reel, he does two tricky things, but he very, very much was not involved in anything that I saw in the mini-match that I watched. So yes, he's he'll be in the, the trick of the week or the skill move of the week, but does he represent any value? So I know we've already slated Callum Wilson for what he did and St. Maximum went above Wilson in the draft, but I think Wilson might be a better steal. I don't know if that St. Maximum's actually got much value this year, which is, I think, Ben's the one that has him at the moment. Uh, but yeah, one to keep an eye on, I think, for sure. I think you're right, but I think St. Maximum, he's one of those guys that if, if something's going to happen, he's going to make it happen, in a sense. So, you know, I think he's still a good a good pickup whether it was a bit too early in the draft you know that's debatable but i think he's still a quality pickup to someone quality to have in your squad just depends who else you've got around in your squad to make sure that you're not relying on him to get you know a good amount of points so i'd say that's sort of where it's at for me um mick i think you yeah i think you're probably right there i'd, I'd say he may not he shouldn't probably be a top striker um, or top forward but i'd would go as far as saying, yeah, he probably is in the top 24 in this in the Premier League. So he's probably a fair enough pick for that. But I don't think there was actually too much else in that game. I think three minutes is about all you could watch in the highlights of that game. So that probably covers everything. Well, Mick, considering uh, when we finished the podcast last week, you said, oh, wouldn't it be great if it's like five, six, you know, five goals and six goals to one team? You're a little bit off the mark there. So, you know. Let's, uh, let's see how you go with picking a, a new game of the week uh, at the end of this podcast. You've got a bit of time to figure out which way you're going to go. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how you, how you get on next week. So I'll give you some time for that one. And we might cross over to Gilby. Um, look, which I think we're all a bit disappointed with Man U. You probably more so than, than anyone. And I'm pretty sure that was the game you picked last week. I could be wrong. Please correct me if I am. But uh, look, that must have been a pretty pretty difficult game to watch. So fill us in, how'd that one get on? Yeah, no, that was just frustration all around. Um, pretty much worldwide. I know a lot of people um, were debating captaining either Fernandez or Salah in the Real Fantasy game and like the draft game, whether or not you had either of those guys. Both guys actually blanked, which I'll talk about a bit later when we get to Liverpool. But yeah, Fernandez only could contribute a yellow card. Um, so he got one point for me and everyone else worldwide. Um, it was just a really frustrating match all around for selection, for formation reasons. Um, I'm not sure how Anthony Marshall got a start up front as the main striker ahead of Greenwood, given that Greenwood scored and played so well. 
Um, I'm not sure why he played Matic and Fred together at the base of midfield. I don't know about that. I also don't know about uh, starting Sancho from the bench and only letting him play half an hour, uh, particularly in that match when we really needed um, something a bit different. So other than that, I mean, the standout things for me, Pogba actually playing well again, two matches in a row, which is a pretty rare occurrence. He had nine touches in the penalty box, which is the most of any player in the match. So his value may actually be holding at least for a little while. Uh, Luke Shaw, I know Dave has Luke Shaw, I think. All right. And he got two bonus points, even though we uh, didn't get a uh, shutout or anything. Um, he created a big chance and completed 37 out of his 45 passes. But in the end, I mean, just watching the highlights and reading the article, I think Southampton actually probably deserved to win that match, particularly in the second half. I thought they um, had some good chances and probably probably be disappointed to not beat us. Just don't take my only performing player away from me, Gilby. Luke Shaw is mine. I, th- I think he might actually be your top-scoring defender at the moment. Um, so those two probably top scoring player, not just defender, <laughs> top scoring player. Yeah, yeah. Maybe Brentford's goalie, but that's it. Ah, yes. No, fair enough. So we'll we'll get on to mixed team a little bit later. Um, things are looking bleak, but um, look, Dave, we, what? Please remind us which game you picked. I I honestly uh, cannot remember for the life of me. Surely it wasn't Watford, but hey, you tell uh, us. I- yeah, I did say I'd watch the Watford-Brighton game, and I did that. Uh, I might touch on that just quickly. So I'm not surprised that Watford lost 2-0 uh, away from home. Um, but the reality was Brighton could have scored five, and Watford could have won it 3-2. Um, there were plenty of chances. Uh, one that did not go in the back of the net um, Aaron Connolly came on as a sub at halftime for Brighton and he had a snatch shot that was rocketed past the outside of the post. Um, very lucky uh, for Watford that that didn't go in. Um, but yeah, the main talking point for me for that game was how brilliant our Belgium-inspired red away kits look, complete with the Dogecoin uh, logo on the arm. So yeah, let's let's focus on that. What do you think, Gilby? I was just interested that you actually started with the same striker two weeks in a row. Um, so is it going, does it look like to you that Dennis has that starting spot for now? Uh, for now, but we do have a lot of strikers on the books and there are a few of them that have been injured. Uh, so I wouldn't count on him. Um continuing to start, but he's, you know, he's played well in both games, even though he didn't score this one. Uh, He put in a good shift. Um, Josh King and Troy Deeney came on in the second half, so they're both options moving forward. Uh, And Cucho Hernandez came on uh, at halftime, and he had brilliant um, sub appearance in the first match, Um, but he'll be wanting to push for minutes as well. So, yeah, it's, it's lottery, and I wouldn't be investing any... Uh, too much fantasy time in trying to guess what Cisco may choose to do on any given day. Uh, but the actual game that I did mention as being the one that I was most interested in in terms of fantasy uh, was Leeds and Everton. I thought it was had the potential to be 
a big scoring game and I was pleasantly surprised that it wasn't as boring as some that some people may have watched this weekend um, to all. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, you've got Calvert-Lewin scored a pen. Um, you'd expect that. Rafinha put in a shift at Ellen Road and uh, got his goal. Assist to Bamford. Um, so, yeah, no doubt Isaac will discuss that later. Uh, two things of note. Decoure uh, was uh, bought by Everton from Watford and he's always played it as a defensive mid and I did have him one year in our fantasy and he was a solid two points, week in, week out and nothing more. Um, but he's got returns in both games so far. So that's definitely one to watch moving forward. You want to say something about that, Gilby? No, no, I mean, like, I was just going to say my man DCL, um, he, that's the first time he's actually been on pens. He's always been number two or three um, behind he who shall not be named because it's illegal to name him at the moment. Um, but um, he actually is on pens now. That's been confirmed that he's the number one choice and he's the top player in the EPL for shots in the box and efforts on target. And actually came out afterwards that he's carrying a toe injury and he hasn't actually been able to train fully so far in the last 10 days. So I'm really hoping that that's a sign of things to come. Um, at the moment, he seems to be the focal point for their attack. So long may that continue. Um, Rafinha, he took a round high six shots all by one of them were from outside the box. So it looks like he's just a shoot from anywhere merchant at the moment. So we'll see if he can actually net a few worldies, but that may be an interesting one to keep an eye on. Sick as Someone from my team's taking shots. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the other uh, the other moment from that game that I just wanted to quickly touch on uh, was not so much Damari Gray's goal, but the horrific celebration that followed um for those of you that haven't seen he's gone for the uh he's tried to do the knee slide towards the corner post and i cringe when i see his knee dig into the ellen road (laughs) turf um yeah that i would suggest he does not try that again anytime soon because he will end up doing an acl or something just waiting for the medical report which says oh no he's actually out for the season now Done his knee, bang, gone. Fantastic. Look, we've got one more to go. Um, It's the game I was really interested in, which was um, Leicester-West Ham. But just quickly before I get into that one, um, I told the boys I wouldn't, but I do want to spend a good 5, 10, maybe 15 minutes talking about Palace-Brentford, nil or draw. Um, No, I won't do that. But... What I will say... Other lives to live, Isaac. I know, I know. But the one thing I will say, just in terms of uh, an asset in that game that might be worth a watch in the future, because he's doing something that no other Palace midfielder has done since I've remembering watch, or have remembered watching Palace, is actually make runs into the box, and that's Conor Gallagher. So he's making some really good runs into the box and, and getting a bit of space in there. So I think he's one that... Um, was really unlucky. Hit the uh, um, hit the post and the crossbar in in one shot attempt, um, and made some really decent runs in there. So he could be one to watch moving forward. But was nil all, so nothing to write about there. Um, but the game, oh Gilby, yeah. Is there another Palace asset that I've missed? Um, I know we'll talk about some transfers a bit later. I know Ben, uh, one of our managers, had a really great first round. Didn't have such a great second round, but he's brought in Embuemo. 
I know a lot of people are interested in him at the moment because he's playing out of position up front and he's actually on their dead balls and he actually hit the crossbar with a free kick. So it could have been a bit better for Ben even, um, but I know that's someone that um, Ben in particular paying a lot of attention to. Yeah, I think you and brought him up last time, Dave. Yeah, he did have a great game against Arsenal um, to kick off the season. So, yeah, that'll be an interesting one to keep tabs on. But, yeah, I think that could be a, a good little pickup for Ben there. And I saw, Isaac, I know defence hasn't exactly been your strong point for a while, but oh. Alice and Brentford between them, they've only conceded one big chance each for the first two rounds total. So it's off to a pretty good start, really. It'd be interesting to see if you think you can actually continue that. Look, we've got some pretty tough fixtures coming up. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a challenge, but you know, it's a new team pretty much. You know, there's a new centre back pairing. They're both quality from what I can see. They're both, you know, um, have the ability to ping balls out wide as well, which is good to get the attack going. So it'll be good to see how it progresses and you know, we can only hope. We can only hope. But um Look, let's let's not talk about that too much more. Let's get into Leicester West Ham. Um, I'm really happy that I picked this game. It was a great game to watch. Um, talking about fantasy, I guess one thing to note is that Perez got a red card, so he might be one to ease off on if he was on anyone's radar. He did start the first two game weeks. Um, it was a pretty clumsy sort of challenge, so you know, much deserved. But um, that did alter the game a little bit at that point because uh, West Ham were able to run away with it a bit, although Leicester were able to come back after Perez was off the field. But really good game, really good to watch. The assets that you would think would do well did do well. I've got Ben Rama. He was really, really good. I was really happy to uh, see he got a few points for me. And the big one for me is Antonio. Um you know, I had a look at some stats. He played 26 games last year, 27 games the year before. He does tend to get a little bit injured, but if he's in good form like this, there's no reason why you wouldn't want him in your squad. Um, you know, he, he's he's an absolute beast up the front for them. Um, he's going to do a lot of work this year, especially with Europe too. But, you know, if he can stay fit, that would be good. And the fact that he scored two goals the way he did, um, he, he was able to just dominate. Um, the defence for Le- of Leicester and was incredible. So Gilby will be really, really happy with him. But um, we're going to do a little bit on moment, our moment of the week in a second. And this is a nice segue into mine. But Dave, I, I saw you might have something to jump in there with. Um, what do you think about that? Yeah, yeah I just wanted to, um, obviously I mentioned earlier, Damari Gray's goal celebration as being by far and away the worst of the round. Um, I think I know where you're going. Antonio. And this is going to be part of my moment of the week, yeah, if you'll just... allow for me. Yeah. <laughs> you're trying to, trying to snake it from me. What the heck? No, that's okay. It was a pretty good moment. So we each have picked a moment of the week. My moment is Antonio um, becoming West Ham's leading goal scorer in the Premier League. Um, considering he came from... Pretty much nowhere in in you know League League One to get all the way up into the Premier League for West Ham, starting out as like a right wing back and moving all the way into a striking position is pretty incredible. You know he's been picked for England. He is an absolute beast, and I would almost say that you know he he's as important 
to West Ham as any other big player is to any other team in the Premier League. He just absolutely dominates for them. And his goal celebration where he grabbed his card, own cardboard cutout and was celebrating with it um, was absolutely fantastic. It was, yeah, bloody awesome. So that's that's my moment of the week. And especially because then, you know, after that, he capped it off with another goal as well. So he was on fire celebrating with his own cutout. I think he even put it, uh, a post up on social media afterwards with his cutout. And uh, yeah, it was it was gold. So that's my moment of the week. I thought that was a fantastic one. Um, Dave, moment of the week. What do you got for us? Yeah, so mine wasn't an individual moment of brilliance as such. But um, as we mentioned in our first episode, we all used to play football together, relatively low-level stuff. And I'm not the world's most gifted uh, footballer, but I played my entire career as a defender. And what I lack in fancy footwork, I made up with kind of game smarts and being able to read, read <laughs> tenacity, the play and tenacity, and putting my body on the line against strikers. And no one in Arsenal seems to have those basic skills. So my moment of the week, I guess, is Lukaku's um, entrance or re-entrance into the league, um, but with a focus on the Arsenal defending. So typical, you know, big man, number nine, back to goal, ball to feet. Um, but for the goal that he scored, Mari, I think it was for Arsenal, just stood back off him, didn't lay a little clip on the ankles, didn't grab any shirt. Lukaku turned him and put the ball in the back of the net. Similarly, for the second goal um, that Arsenal scored, Lukaku had his back um, into, I think it was Tierney, who admittedly was covering other players and shouldn't have been there in the first place, but hardly laid a hand on Lukaku, allowed him to turn and dummy at the same time, which let the ball go through for a strike on goal. So really poor defending all round, um, but he made the most of it. And like you said before, they knew that's what was going. That's how Lukaku plays, how he was going to you know, be able to get his goals. So yeah, it was incredible that they allowed that to happen. One day, we'll, Dave, we might have to talk about some of your... Um, Mind games on when for you know when when other teams are taking penalties that was always class to watch and to see I always enjoyed that yeah. so we'll talk about that one day Dave that was really good uh, Gilby what do you got for us moment of the week um, well I suppose mine might be more of a bit of a, a low light and mine's more fantasy related than actually uh, real life game related um, poor old Dan hasn't been able to take a trick so far this season. He actually had a great round overall points-wise. I think he finished third for the round. But he actually was unlucky enough to leave the top point-scoring player of the entire round on his bench in Reese James. So left 18 on the bench for him. And also left Gabriel Jesus on the bench for another 11. So he left 29 points on his bench, um, which is always something that all fantasy managers hate above all else probably. Um, he was a little bit unlucky, though, because he did pick well as his defenders because he brought in Tanganga on transfer for five and a clean sheet. He had Mings for two assists, which, I mean, I know we were all pretty keen to say that Mings was taken 
a little bit early if he deserved to be taken at all. So Dan may be laughing all the way to the bank if that continues. So that was 15 points and Alonso with six. So he actually did have a great defense, but Reese James is one of those ones that when he does play, he's going to be big points. So it'll be interesting to see if he can stick with Truchel's rotation. And then obviously if Jesus keeps playing, if he does, does he keep playing the right wing? Um, that'll be something that we'll have to um, have a look at. And I know a lot of people will be interested to see how that affects his value. Absolutely. We'll get into a little bit more of that shortly. But uh, Mick is going to round off our last moment of the week. Now, we've had a brief committee meeting uh, because Mick told us the the moment of the week that he wanted to present. And it's not Premier League related. Rejected. And, oh. <laughs> Change your mind. Fairness, though, <laughs> in all fairness, I think it'd be up there with goal of the week for this week in the Premier League if it was in the okay. Premier League. Okay. Uh, but if you get right. a chance, West Brom, Alex Mowat, first minute of the game. Um, absolute cracking, cra- cracking double save by the keeper for Blackburn, I think it was. Um, ball managed to come out, left foot, side footed kind of volley. Just hit it beautifully into the top corner, um, but yeah, like I, like you guys said, apparently it's been rejected. It's not counting. Um, but my moment of the week, I was going to say Tyrone Mings. I think I just kind of slated him last week and said, "Nah, no good." Picked him too high. Comes out with two assists and a clean sheet. Um, and I think other than that, my moment of the week would probably be getting back. I think it's Dan. Um, We've given him a bit of trouble with who he's picked up, but Gabriel Jesus uh, coming back to form, but not as the role we would have expected. Um, not playing through the middle, basically swapping roles with Ferran Torres. Torres through the middle, him out on the right side, um, chipping in with a few assists. So potentially a new role there for him maybe um, and some fantasy value that he has not had before. So yeah, that, that's probably my moment of the week. Um, obviously Pep Roulette will change that. Um, but I guess wait and see where, where else that leads. Well, we'll see how many more times Mick can get West Brom into uh, any discussion slash uh, moment of the week moving forward. We might have to have like a, uh, you know, you can't you can't go past five times of mentioning West Brom in a podcast. So we'll just see how we get on with that, Mick. But, you know, we'll keep a tally. Um, Dave, before we move on to looking at the our draft league, uh, what have you got? What do you... What are you thinking? Oh, I mean, I just want to indulge Mick a tiny, tiny little bit. Mm. So you said hey, hold it on. have been goal of... <laughs> Sorry, keep <laughs> going. it again? No, no, no. Keep going. You, you said it may have been goal of the week. How does it compare to Danny Ings' bicycle kick? No, that's fair. Um, if Danny Ings, you expect it from. He's a striker. This is yeah, West, West Brom, you don't. Mid, from league, from, from championship. So, come on. Like, if I'd if I'd scored that goal, or, like, let's put it more Whoa. specifically, if Harry Kane scores that goal compared to if you scored that goal, Dave, who's is more impressive? Mine every day of the week. Absolutely. And that's what I'm getting at. You've done something similar, but to your own goal. Many, many, many times. Yes. <laughs> we won't go there just yet. Gilby, what do you got? Well, I just noticed that Mick caught himself there, but I think he was about to say that West Brom was a League One side. So I'm wondering if he's like conceding defeat in the championship and going to drop down again. Uh, top of the table, mate. Never in doubt. We'll come back. It's fine. It's happened to Sunderland. 
There's a chance. <laughs> West Brom till I die. The doco. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll leave that to Sheffield United. They look in a bit of trouble down in the championship, but this is a Prem podcast, not a... Yes, sorry. Let's, one, cut, so. let's cut that there. Let's cut that there. Look, we'll get into our draft fantasy league. We'll have a look uh, at the current standings after game week two. Um, we have seen uh, a, a few changes here and there. Some of us are going to be happy. Some of us are going to be a little bit disappointed. So um, standing the number one place in our league at the moment is Gilby. He had 70 points this game week, 156 points total. So he's maintained his lead. It's been cut a little bit by myself. I'm up at number two, so I've jumped uh, a place. I had a pretty good game week, 124 points. Then comes Ben, who didn't have such a great game week. Um, 87 points all up, followed by Jeff on 82 then Dan on 82 as well, so they're currently in fourth tied. Uh, then we've got Dave in sixth on 81 points, only one point back. It's, it's pretty tight in that sort of middle section. Followed by Nathan, who is on 77 points. And at the tail of the field, unfortunately, is Mick on 70. In the relegation zone. Yeah, just where he likes to be. Um on 71 points. So, look, that's a bit of a roundup where we are at the moment. So, look, we might start with you, Gilby. You're you're still on top. Your lead's been cut only by a couple. Um, how are you feeling? Are you were you pretty happy? Who were your uh, who were your impressive fantasy points getters? Who were your diamonds? Who were your rocks this week? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm really, really happy with how it went. Um, I honestly went into the draft as soon as I took Rashford where I did. Um, I expected that to come with the significant risk that I would be chasing uh, come October and November. I expected to hopefully still be around near the top close enough, um, but I thought that was a big risk. And um, to finish the way I did with um, a 70-point round and the two points off you in the lead of the round with Bruno scoring one point, and Aubameyang only playing tw- half an hour, um, I'm really, really happy with that. Um, I had contributors across the board again. So, yeah, really, really happy with how that went. What disappoints me is Fernandez only getting the one point and you still having such a good round. That is so disappointing. Uh, I'll admit, in my regular fantasy team, I've got Bruno and Salah, which most people do. Um, I was so close in changing my captaincy to Fernandez, and I actually went to go and do it without realizing that the round had closed and I was shut out. And I'm like, oh, oh well, well Salah will go okay. Now, none of, neither of them did very well, but if I was going to captain one of them, the one to captain this week was Salah. So it just irks me that you still did so well. I was really happy for Antonio, but as I was watching that game, um, I was thinking, oh, that means Gilby's, you know, going to have a pretty good. Uh, pretty good points haul, even though Ben Rama got some points for me, which we'll talk about later. But yeah, pretty impressive, mate. Just uh, unfortunate at this point in time with Rashford still to come back. Is that about it there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean... Like, oh, you're good. I, I, That's it. You don't, you don't want to say anything else about your awesome team. No, no, I was good. I mean, well, I mean, if you if you really want me to, I can go through some of my points like one by one here. So I mean, like, oh, come the, on, go on, do it. Yeah, okay. So <laughs> I suppose the decision I have to make 
is Samikis, who was great for me with 11 points. And I know he was the top player brought in worldwide in the main fantasy game. But the disappointing thing for me and a lot of other people is Robertson was on the bench. And he's probably going to come back in next week. So Hopefully. <laughs> is it a case of hold and hope he plays again? Or maybe he plays here and there for Europe. But I don't think um, I can afford to keep him for too much longer. So I'm going to be probably looking at a defensive transfer this week or next week at the latest, probably. Other than that, um, Tielman's chipping in, Joto scoring and starting again, which I was really happy with that he's still holding under the starting position over Firmino. Um, DCL we've talked about, Antonio we've talked about. Yeah, Samikas was a really big standout for me. Um, really, really happy that I brought him in at the very start of the season um, after forgetting to originally draft him, I just jumped on quickly and fixed that. So with Robbo potentially coming back, Gilby, um, obviously I have Robbo and I'm hoping that he does displace Simicass. Um, I would make the assumption that you're going to hold Simicass, maybe put him on the bench just to see what happens next week. Is there in your mind, because he's played so well, he's done himself no harm, is there a chance of him staying in the starting side alongside Robbo, but maybe moving central next to Van Dyke or maybe playing further up in the midfield out of position? I don't think so. Um, I think particularly given that... Um, I- Pop brought in Kanate, who hasn't started yet. And Mat- uh, Matip actually played really well with Van Dyke. Van Dyke's is undroppable unless he's injured. So that's a given. Uh, it's just his partner. So that is probably going to be rotating out of Gomez, Matip, and Kanate. Um, so I don't see a spot for him there. I also don't see a spot for him further up because I think he's a winger. Um, and Sadio Mane has the left wing spot down. And the way that Klopp plays, he plays the three hardworking midfielders in the middle. So I think it's either left back or nothing. And I don't think like Robertson's always had really good stamina as well. And he's not a person like um, Pochettino was that rotates. So I think once Robertson comes back in, I think the best Samikas can maybe do is if Robertson gets injured again, or if he decides to maybe rotate a bit towards the end of the season, either way with only five defenders and carrying Rashford, it's not really a risk I can afford to take. So um, we'll talk more about transfers later, but I think I might have been a bit lucky with some of the players who are available, but we'll get into that a bit later. Very good. Look, we'll we'll keep going. We'll get into um, the second place managers team, which is which is mine. So I had 72 points this week, so a couple of points better than Gilby. So um, I'm trying my best to um, to catch him at this point in time, but it's it, it's... A little bit difficult. He's got a pretty good lead on the majority of us. Um, in terms of my particular squad and how they fared this week, um, was really happy to get a good amount of points from most of my attacking players. And to be honest, um, you know, although I was disappointed that Greenwood didn't play up front, he was still able to to get some points on the board. So I think uh, 10 points he, he got for me this particular time, which is great. Um, 
Mane scored a goal, which is good. So he's got his his goal tally um, going for the season. So hopefully he can be a bit more consistent for me moving forward. Um, what else have we got here? We got Ben Rama had a cracker of a game as well. So he had twelve points. Uh, out of my mids, probably looking a bit disappointed in Barnes, but um, I think they made a, a bit of a tactical decision there to try and get two up top um, to see if they could haul some points back later on when they were down to ten men. Um, Ings and Bamford both got some points. Ings with that awesome goal. Bamford with a, a good assist. Um, uh, Rudiger and Diaz both scored some goals. Uh, Digny got me zilch, which was a bit disappointing, um, especially when I had Dunk on the bench. Um, Mendy, clean clean sheet, eight points, really happy there. So some really good points overall. Um, I think for me, some decisions I'll have to make. I've got uh, Target on the bench. Now, it, it seems as though... Um, Dave, your your man Sar has maybe ended his career, so that's a bit disappointing on my end. He's been left out for for good old Ashley Young uh, this week, so I might have to make a, a bit of a change there in my defence. Um, Torres is a, is it challenging one for me because I don't know what they're going to do up forward. I don't know how regular he's going to be playing in that central position. If he keeps playing there, I'm willing to keep him, but if I'm looking for points. I've got to sacrifice somewhere, so I'm not sure how that's going to go. Um, but, you know, Gilby, considering I'm chasing you down, how do you think I'm going? Can you give me some positivity here, please, instead of dragging me down? Because we, we've got plenty of time to drag, like, Don't. Mick down later. Oh, Don't oh. do that under no circumstances. <laughs> There's other managers uh, that are far easier to drag down, and I'm sure we'll get into that a bit later. Um, hey. <clears throat> <laughs> sorry, sorry. I mean, I've got to admit, when I was... Um, watch following the blog this morning. Um, I know I had some serious questions over Ben Rama when you did pick him up and to see him playing really well, I thought I was in a little bit of trouble and my gap would be cut big time. Then Antonio did come good in the end. Um, but the question I picked up that I was going to ask, um, I know you talked about a few moves you were thinking of and you picked up target with Ashley Young playing ahead of him. Mm. Um, the other one, Rogers, when he had to go two up front, brought on Pats and Dacca instead of Ihe Nacho. And I notice you have Ihe Nacho in your team. Um, are you going to stick with him? Is he going to play enough for you? Good question. I think I think it depends as, as well on the formation that I'm willing to play. So it's going to depend on my midfield too. So if I'm willing to play all my mids because I think they're going to get points, then I've, I can hold Inacho for a little bit if I want to. But I think more to your point, I probably can't afford to keep him if he's not going to play regularly because I need him to get points. And if he does start coming on off the bench, he's probably going to replace Barnes as what happened with Daka coming on. So... I could keep him there for that rotation with Barnes because if they want to play two up the front, Barnes might be the one to drop out. But I just don't know right now. I, I haven't really made a decision if I'm going to get rid of him or not. He was he was just such a good points getter for me last season that I know if I drop him and he starts scoring points and you know I'm all the way up in second and I'm not going to get one of the first waivers, I'm not going to get a chance at him again. 
And if I look at the other forwards that are available, I've got to make the decision, is there another forward that's likely to get me more points? That's what it boils down to. Is there another forward that I think is going to get me more points? And, you know, if I'm looking like someone like Benteke, well, probably not as much as, you know, I wish he would. So good question. At the moment, I'm happy to maybe hold for a little bit, but we'll just wait and see. But, um, you know, Dave might be willing to trade me for him. What Have you, have you got a trade lined up for Dave or anything? No. No, I mean, oh. if I did have, I know this isn't what you're talking about, but I know if I did have Ben Take, mate, you can have him. But <laughs> um, just on that point, you know, you're thinking about what forwards are available, and you mentioned Ben Take. Uh, I see your boys are um, putting in a bid for Nketcha from Arsenal. Any inside mm. information on that one? And would that be something that might interest you as a third forward option? Yeah, that rumor's been around for quite some time. And to be honest, I wish they'd either do something about it or go on to a different target because it's been it's been a fair few weeks now where they've been rumoring that one. Um, I don't rec- I don't think he's had enough game time for me to say whether he would be a good option for fantasy or not. I think that it would be great to have some fresh young legs in the forward line. At Crystal Palace, that would be nice because as I watched this week, you know, it was the same old, same old. Oh, you know, we'll get a, a long diagonal board to Zaha and then he can cut in um, off the right hand side, you know, onto his right foot and things like that. It was, it's very stagnant and Benteke isn't going to, isn't going to be as aggressive and attacking of, uh, you know, running out defenders and things like that. So it doesn't give them too many more options other than, oh, we've got to get the ball out wide to do that. So it would be good. I don't know if I would take him in fantasy or not. I don't think I probably would to start with unless he starts banging in goals. But like I said, then I don't have a waiver if um, a waiver pick early on. So, yeah. They've, they've ruined Lookman as well because, you know, he did okay at Fulham last, uh, last uh, season at the back end. They've rumored him for a loan. So there's been lots of rumors, nothing concrete. They reckon they, they're trying to get a forward in. They reckon they're trying to get a midfielder in as well. So we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. I wouldn't go there just yet. But um, yeah, overall, pretty happy with my my team. Pretty happy to pick up a few points on Gilby and, and start trying to chase him down um, and try and make a bit of a gap for those that are behind. So pretty happy overall with the 72 points. Could not complain. Um Looking through, I think our next manager that we have here is Dave. Um, we can talk about the other managers maybe a bit later, but Dave, you are you are the next of us. Whereabouts are you at the moment, and uh, who are your who are your diamonds? Who are your rocks? Uh, I don't know exactly where I sit. I think I'm sixth or somewhere thereabouts. I think sixth. Um, and yeah, as you say, it was definitely rocks and diamonds for me. Um, if it wasn't for Trent, I would be in a huge amount of trouble. But TAA with 12 points has been great. Um, my only other real returns this week came from Grealish uh, with eight points and scored a goal, uh, which is good to see. Um, and the player that I was most concerned about once we had our draft was Deli Ali, but that's two, two games in a, in a row that he's played well. Um, he won the penalty. He scored the penalty. Obviously, Kane dependent. If Kane doesn't go to City, K 
Kane's on penalties, but it's a good sign um, that he took that penalty and he definitely appears to be in favour currently. Um, we mentioned earlier. Um, yeah, I mean, I I mentioned in previous pods that I was concerned about having to pick him up where I did, but um, we also discussed that there was potentially only upside and he was easy to drop if need be. Uh, and I don't think I'll be doing that anytime soon. You got a thought on that, Gilby? No, I mean, my main question uh, for your team is um, your old friend Werner, um, my enemy from last season, uh, appeared as a 90th minute sub. Um, are you going to stick with him or are you looking to transfer him out? I mean, came on as a 90th minute sub, scored a point. What's that? One minute, one a point a minute? You can't beat that, right? So... If he does manage to get a start, then I'm looking at a 90-point haul, right? That's the only logical way to look at it, isn't it? Yes? Well, given the amount of goals he missed for me last season, uh, including one from inside the six-yard box, um, I don't think he'll be scoring many points for you unless... uh, unless some kind of miracle happens for you, hopefully. I mean, maybe you've got the Midas touch with the management there, but... That's that's an interesting one. That's going to be a frustrating one for you, I think. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, my I'm not overly unhappy with how I went. I only scored 43 points. I know that's not a huge haul, um, but if we run through my team quickly, so Martinez scored five in goal um, for Villa. That's you know, that's a relatively reasonable return. Can't complain about that. We spoke about TAA. Um, I'll go through my other defenders. So I knew I was having to sit on Robertson. Uh, unfortunately, Ben White got a case of the Rona uh, and he was only meant or predicted to be out for one game week, but that appears to have blown out. So um, yeah, that's one that I'm definitely going to have to think about moving on. Um, Furpo, another zero point game so he played uh he got the dreaded 59th minute sub that everyone loves so much um and yeah he's he hurt me last week as well but being a Leeds player being a Bielsa player I think he's one that I can afford to hold on for another couple of weeks before I think about moving Isaac? I'd assume White's definitely the one that has to go. You know, he Arsenal aren't playing well. There's very little chance that even if he was playing at the moment, he'd be getting your points. So, you know, you've got Robbo potentially coming back, Varane who's going to play at some point, but you just got to get some starters there. So White's definitely got to be the one. And I don't know who you if you've got any thoughts on who you might bring in, but surely he's the one for you. Yeah, so he's the one that I'm definitely looking to uh, ship out uh, almost certainly this week. There's no point holding him on when he's only a 25% chance of playing the next game is the current um, predictions. He's already blown out once with Rona. And as you say, I mentioned it early, there's nothing 
inspiring about Arsenal's defence at this point in time. I think they've got Man City coming up relatively shortly. Um, and yeah, I, that doesn't fill me with any levels of confidence. Um, so yeah, definitely looking to ship him out. Varane also didn't play, so I ended up with two zero points on my defence. Um, but like I say, I can ride Firpo for another week or two. Varane's going to play at some stage. Midfielders, Son got three. I mentioned Grealish got the goal. Sushek, only the two. Um, and Delhi got me nine points. That was good. Wilson didn't get any returns, but he created chances. Tony's an interesting one. Obviously, there was a lot of talk about him um, having a brilliant season in the championship. Another one I'm just going to have to sit on. But yeah, um, there's a lot of thought-provoking players there. And unfortunately, it appears I've only really got one clear-cut move at this stage. So yeah, we'll wait and see how that plays out. No, fair enough. Fair enough. I um, I think it's time that we we move on to our final player, uh, Mick. If you wouldn't mind indulging us on uh, which which three players scored you your twenty points, and uh, you can you may as well tell us who your who your waiver pick's going to be because uh, it's all on you. No one's going to be able to take that player. You may as well give us a heads up now just to. Help us avoid clicking on that person and putting them in our watch list, if you wouldn't mind. So, who you got? I don't, I don't know if I want to say it because then I'll forget to put it through. One of you guys will get it, and I'll just look like an even bigger idiot. But well, uh, why don't you do it team, now while you're on the podcast? I mean, Come on. I scored scored forty five points, um, which while I I'm still last, I didn't feels like I didn't make up any ground. I think I came fourth for the round, which really isn't that bad, and I was. While you were just talking, while Dave was just explaining his team, I had a look at our last year's results because um, I did go through and worked out without our little extra, um, I guess, wild cards that we put in and the captain points that we had as well. Um, Isaac, you won last year and you only averaged 51 points a game, around, I should say. So as much as we can say you're doing well, I think the two of you are significantly overperforming at the moment. So I know I'm underperforming and I've looked at this and – as the same way as I looked at what you got, I looked at Nathan and he averaged 36.8 and I'm currently below that. So it still doesn't say much about me and I'm well aware of that, but it will stop eventually. Where I'm struggling is at the moment I look at my team and who the most droppable is and I don't want it to be one of my first or second round picks and they're looking pretty droppable. So I kind of just have to potentially let pride come out. Now, Havertz did start this week, so there's a good, good sign. Um, got, I think he's the one that got taken off for Timo Werner. Um, hopefully with a guy like Lukaku who looked just unbelievable up front that Havertz can get in and around and create some havoc if Lukaku takes an extra defender, Havertz can get some room. Um, but I think with um, Tuchel there, you just don't know. He could be the next pep in terms of rotation. So always going to be a risk there. I think Havertz will come good. It's just I hope I have him in the team when needed. So, um, But yeah, I still had... <laughs> David Rea from Brentford, goalkeeper, got me another clean sheet. So my last pick is still my best pick, which is great. Um, a waiver I brought in last week, Ethan Pinnock, also from Brentford. So I've doubled up on Brentford because they had a couple of good weeks. That was purely bringing in. I brought him in for the round that just finished and probably this round coming up. 
Um, I think not long after that, they got a pretty tough draw. Um, so that was very short. Yeah, they got Liverpool, West Ham, Chelsea and Leicester in four consecutive weeks with Wolves before that. So not much happening there, um, but I can hold him for two or three weeks. Um, I think the big thing for me is I've still got Chilwell who's not been playing. You look at Chelsea and the way Alonso's playing and the way Chelsea as a whole are playing and I just don't see Chilwell coming in anymore. So solid chance he'll get dropped. Um, as to when he gets dropped, I don't know because I find there's more quality in which I found surprising. I'm happier with the quality in the free agency or in the waivers for the midfielders than I am for the defenders. So I can find for myself, I can find a midfielder I'd love to slot in there. Unfortunately, with our set squad uh, sizes and balance, I'm just having to work out who to drop at the moment. And that's where I'm kind of stuck. So I do have what I want um, in terms of who I want to pick up. I'm kind of between two at the moment. Um, The unfortunate thing is I just don't have who I want to drop. They're not the same position. So I'm kind of bouncing between those at the moment. So I don't know if you have any uh, advice for me who who I should go for. Um, But because I'm kind of bouncing between a defender and a mid, I don't know if I want to let it go because I might be making both of them. And if I do, I'm going to lose one of them. So kind of holding it in at the moment, I think, until I know for sure. What do you Um, Look, I just wanted to, I guess, reiterate that we're coming from playing this game with squads of 22. So it was and and really flexible on the... Uh, positions that the number of positions that we could have um, so we had a minimum number of, of you know backs mids at fours that we could have so we could be really flexible without our squad which made it really easy I think to make free agent selections but I'm finding it actually really difficult this year as, as Mick mentioned to actually make those decisions but finding it really easy to put your game squad together with your game 11 together which is the total opposite of what it has been in the past. So, uh, Mick, I think that you just have to look where the best value is, where you think who's going to get the, you the most points and go in that direction because, you know, you need to make up ground and whoever you think is going to get the most points is probably the way to go. Um, Dave, will you be pretty happy with that advice? Yeah, so um, we've had a chat with one of our other managers, um, Jeff, and... Yeah, he made the point that he's finding it really hard to justify holding on to people that aren't performing. Um, you can't afford to carry an injured player, or I know that's kind of contradictory to my team and the fact that I admitted that you know Robbo was too good not to hold, knowing he was injured. Um, but yeah, you've got to really be a bit ruthless. Um, at some point. Would you agree with that, Gilby? Um, well, the two key things that stood out to me when I had a look at your team um, was, like you said, have it starting. He actually got four attempts in the box and he got two big chances. So, I mean, the odds are that he'll probably finish one of those. And as you say, Lukaku coming in is probably better for him. Um, then Werner staying um, because Werner was less of a focal point. He's more of a countering player and Chelsea don't really play on the counter in the Premier League. So Werner, I think he's going to be an impact sub and he may come for one of those front three positions. So I think Habits may actually be um, a good pick for you there. 
Um, the other thing I noticed with your team, your top scorer this week was an auto sub um, with Rafinha coming in for Chilwell. So it actually uh, turned out pretty well for you there with the auto subs. Mick, Mick maybe He's just... saying that as... Yeah, let auto pick do all of it, right? Yeah, just uh, quite um, literally. That actually was a team I did change. I did change it to Rafinha playing. Um, but apparently, I don't think I hit the save button before I went and then looked at something else. So sure, um, that was meant to happen because <laughs> I'm pretty sure Ollie Watkins had been ruled out, but I still had him in the team. Um, so that was another auto sub that happened as well. So yeah, it was something that was meant to happen. Fortunately, when I worked out when Ollie Watkins was ruled out um, and I saw Chilwell didn't play, I was like, well, at least I'll be okay because they'll both come in. Gives me a bit more fluidity and I guess a chance there. So yes, I got lucky, um, but I mean, it is what it is. So. Just got to work out where I want to make that trade now and which order, whether I do a back first or a mid first. But I think that there's definitely, unlike previous years, some options in the free agency there, or sorry, in the waiver um, that I can get into. It's just a matter of trying to work out who's more valuable and who I can get the second time around if I want it. Absolutely. Plenty of things to think about. I think for all of us, um, you know, really trying to find those players that are going to score those points and making sure our squad is filled with point scorers because especially with COVID and things like that happening at the moment, I think if you're playing draft, it's just important to have those backup options on your bench because, you know, game week to game week, people just may not be playing for whatever reason. Then you throw European football in there as well. You just got to be cautious, I think, and and sort of suck it up and not be afraid to drop someone. Um Look, pretty good wrap-up. So, look, it's all on Gilby here. It's The pressure's on him. Gilby, you, you're the one that uh, has everyone chasing you. So, it'll be interesting to see uh, what your moves are moving forward, if you make any. And uh, if you can maintain that lead is going to be really interesting. So, it's interesting that Mick found 51 points average from last year. So, And, Mick, was that taking away the captain double points? Yeah, it was. Point? So... We took out our wild cards um, and all the double for captain points. So you won with um, 1,942 mm. um, all the way down to Nathan who had 1,399. Um, so obviously there's a little bit of difference because we could hold on to players and this and that. Um, and like you said, it's harder to pick up. So there's probably, it's a little bit different and there's numbers that won't quite be accurate. But yeah, I think if we're looking at that 50 points, and I, I kind of felt that looking at the first two rounds when I saw 60s and 70s, I was like, that can't be what we expected to get. Um, and I had a look at this round and I really, yes, I had a couple of ones and twos in my team um, with Tierney getting one, Perot getting two, Buendia getting two, but everyone else got minimum three, which, yes, it's, it's not a blank. <laughs> if everyone in my team got three, I'd end up with 33. That's not the worst result. Um and if you get a couple of people here with an assist or a clean sheet or a goal, well, then you're going to end up with your 45s to 50s pretty comfortably. So I think 45 I'm pretty happy with. I just need to hope that I can get a midfielder, maybe a Havertz or a Sterling to come in. And Sterling came off the bench and got a goal this week, played 70 minutes the week before and got nothing. So hopefully if I can keep persisting, um, but that's going to be my season. I said that in the first one, that it's a bit of a all or nothing with me. I'm going to take a couple of players who could play well. They may not. And if it doesn't, well... Hopefully I pick up some guns in free agency and I just wheel and deal my way to <laughs> top off. Absolutely, fair enough. And um, I will say as well, for those playing regular fantasy, uh, I did do the maths too. And if you're averaging 70 points around, you're in with a shot of winning just regular fantasy. So that's hard to do consistently, but 
they're the numbers you got to be trying to hitting, trying to hit every week to be up there just in the regular fantasy game. So, just something to consider too. Now, Gilby, it's over to you. Just before we get into the final part of our podcast, we're an hour in. I think we've done extremely well, and uh, we'll be able to wrap up shortly. But uh, Gilby, how about you wrap up this little part for us? Yeah, well, the only thing I was going to add, um, looking at our waiver wire, uh, some of the transfers that we could be looking at that other people could be looking at as well, uh, the ones that stand out to me at the defensive end is probably Duffy, um, who's been a key player for Brighton. Um, He's had seven attempts from set pieces. The only thing you've got to carry there is a rotation risk with Boltman and Byrne. Uh, Then at that, Pontus Janssen's been really good, uh, but I know Mick already has two Brentford defenders. Um, Christensen being available as well, one of Chelsea's defenders. Um, a controversial dropping last week was um, Laporte, who Dan oh. dropped Laporte for Tanganga. So Laporte being available is an interesting one, I think. Um, another interesting one was one of our other matters, Nate dropped Kanate for Matip. Um, couldn't carry Kanate any longer. So whether or not Kanate takes that spot, Nate maybe kick himself on that one. Um in the mids, um, we've got Canos. I know Embuemo has been attracting a lot more attention from Brentford, but he could be worth a look. Um, we've got Fornals, who's actually looked really good in Lingard's role for West Ham. Um, and we've got Gross, who's had two assists in two games for Brighton. Bakure, I know we've already identified. He's been a bit more attacking for Everton. Um, Damari Gray. Uh, a interesting one from some people, if you're willing to take the gamble on Arsenal, could be uh, Smith-Rowe, who is Arsenal's number 10 at the moment. Theoretically, could be valuable if Arsenal start playing well. Um, other than that, up front, probably the standout for me is Adam Armstrong, who's probably one of the only regular starting strikers who's still left on our board at the moment, who's actually been pretty good for Southampton so far. Um, other than that, as we identified, if Dennis can hold on to the Watford starting position, those are probably the standouts for me that people are probably looking at. Uh, but I can guarantee that uh, Laporte may not last too long on our free agent board. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. Look, Good little roundup there of uh, where we may be going with some waiver picks and some free agent picks. We will wrap up now, as we did last week, with picking a game from game week three that we think is going to Generate some good fantasy returns, um, David. Are you telling me you wanted to start this one? Did you want to, Did you want to get yours in before someone steals it? No, I just I just wanted to check with you guys. Are we going with Mick because he doesn't have a Premier League team? Is that what we're doing? Because his team's well, not in the Premier League. Is that what we're doing? Yeah, I believe. I yeah, think cool. if, if memory serves correct, West Brom were relegated last year. Yeah, that's right. So he no, he doesn't have a team in the yeah. Premier League. Were they? So Mick's going to pick was last. It League One or Championship. Yeah. Well, hey, time will months, tell. Boys, give me twelve months, and we could be sitting here, and you won't even be on the pod. So. <laughs> Look, Go for Mick's going to be our final pick. pick. Come on. Oh, you, all right. I'll just fair shut enough. I'll let the host do his job. No, 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 no. I think I think you're spot on. Let's give Mick let's give Mick the the most opportunity to pick the best game he can. Last week he sucked at it. This week he might be able to do a better job because we're living with all the games that he could possibly pick. Come on, Mick. Who have you got? 
I mean, in terms of quality, I think there's one standout game. Liverpool-Chelsea is going to be the game of the round. Whether that's the fantasy game of the round, whether that's the best scoring game of the round, completely different question. Um, but Liverpool, who I think probably looked a bit better round two than they did round one, a little bit rusty in round one, had a better midfield from what I saw than what they started with. Their first game, I think they basically played their second string midfield. Um, so I think Henderson came back in. Um, I think Naby Keita made a play again. I'm not sure who else played in with them. Um, wow, Elliot. Chelsea, who... Well, Elliot, was it? There you go. Um, yeah. So Chelsea have looked defensively very, very solid. Pretty sure across the two games they've played, they haven't even... The expected goals conceded hasn't even reached one yet. Um, 0.95, there you go. So they haven't even been expected to have conceded one yet. Whereas you've got a team like Arsenal, who is at the other end of that, and they should have conceded five point five and a half goals by now. Um, so they're actually overperforming Arsenal are. So quite impressive that is. Um, so I think, yeah, that'll be a hell of a game. As much as you look at that and you think, oh, Liverpool or Chelsea will do the old Mourinho park, the bus, Liverpool will sit in front. I don't think it'll quite be like that. Um, but I'm actually really looking forward to Lukaku against Van Dijk. Um, that pure matchup there, like Dave was saying before, Arsenal really couldn't handle it. Van Dijk's the type of player, he's got the presence to push him around and probably a little bit smarter. I'll say that as nicely as possible to Arsenal's defenders, but um, hopefully they can do a bit more for him. Um, and I say all of that when I don't have a Liverpool defender that I think of and I do have a Chelsea forward. So really hope they really don't do well and Havertz has a blinder and yeah, we go from there. And then Jeff can suck it as well because he's a Liverpool fan. But then Dan, I guess he needs something to be happy about because he's well, he's beating me, so he's pretty happy, hasn't he? I bet he's really happy with that. Uh, okay, so that's that's mix um, game of the week there. Liverpool, Chelsea, really original, Mick, fantastic. You're going to give us a, a big rundown on that game. Okay, I'm expecting big things from that rundown. Can you give us a prediction? Last week you predicted 6-5 off the podcast. What's your prediction on the podcast for this one? Let's see if you're right. Come on. Give me something. Oh, prediction on the podcast. Oh, mixed magic multi of the week, is it? So let's go. Let's do it. Let's go 2 one Chelsea, Lukaku, first goal scorer. Ooh, okay. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Let's see if that one... Uh, let's see if that I, was, I took my time. It was 2-1 it was Liverpool, but I just I think Lukaku, give him an extra week. And I think maybe it's the round they throw Kanate in, new centre-back pairing. Um, I'm going to give Chelsea the edge here. How much money are you throwing on that one, Dave? Oh, yeah. Give me odds, because I want a piece of that purely because... I saw a stat, uh, I think it was today that I saw it. In four years, Van Dyke has never lost a game at Anfield. So, yeah, you're predicting a Chelsea win at Anfield. If it happens, they'll have to have played well to do it. Very nice. Okay, let's... Sorry, what'd you call that, Mick? What was your segment? Mix Magic Multi? Is that was that what we call it? Mix Magic Multi. I'll, I'll put a game together and I'll maybe throw some extra out there. But for for the record, there, Dave, if you go um, Chelsea to win over two and a half goals with uh, both teams to score and Lukaku first goal scorer, you're looking at twenty one to one. So it, it's out there. Hey, it's got to be magic to twenty one to one, right? 
maybe I'll put a criteria here. If it's not over 10 to 1, it's not magic. It's just mixed multi then. Fair enough. <laughs> Watch him try and sneak some West Brom action in there to try and, you know, boost the odds. All right. So let's move on to Gilby. Gilby, quickly tell us what's your game. Um, I'm going to take a little bit of a off the beaten path one because I love um, answering some questions and having some clear cut uh, team selections and knowing who's going to contribute from each team. So I'm taking Spurs Watford. Um, I know this is Dave's boys, um, so I'll be keen to see how they go. But questions at both ends uh, for both teams. Does Kane start? And if he does, this is probably a very good team for him to be playing to maybe open his account for the season. <laughs> and if Watford um, can come out, um, Spurs may be vulnerable, um, particularly if um, Iboy Saar plays well and maybe Dennis or maybe one of Dave's other 10 strikers um, chips in with the goal. Um, so that to me is a really interesting one because it's going to answer a fair few questions for a number of people on for both teams. I can't wait until they put all 11 strikers on the park at once. I think that's going to be a fantastic game week for Watford. Alrighty, uh, Dave, what's your game? Yeah, so uh, I did pretty well last week picking Leeds Everton and we got four goals out of that. Uh, I'm not expecting as many goals but I am going to go with another slightly left field match prediction. I think this is two teams that have the potential to match up really well together. I'm going Villa and Brentford. Um, They've both got wins on the board. Okay, they've both not conceded a huge number of goals, so this has potential to be a bit dull. Um, but in terms of fantasy assets to consider, Danny Ings is off to a flying start. We've spoken about Mings, Canos, Brentford's been good. Um, their defensive stocks have been good. I'm personally interested in how Ivan Tony comes along. Um, and yet, one that I think can provide us a little bit of insight as to how things are going to fare for both of these two teams longer term. So, yeah, that's one I'm interested in catching up on. Nice and very good. I'm going to round it off with one that I, I don't think people are going to expect to be a good game, but I'm going to justify it a little bit. I, I'm i going to go with Burnley Leeds. Burnley Leeds. Now, that might seem a bit odd, but Burnley actually played really well in the first half against Liverpool, when they got forward, they were really industrious. They were, they tend to be really direct, um, getting balls into the box for for Woods. Um, they were really, really good without, you know, just having that final, that final, you know, dead on delivery that's able to, Woods is able to do something with. So they actually looked really, really good first half, and I think Leeds are going to go there and play like Leeds do and try and open them up. Burnley's defense isn't fantastic at the moment, and that's something that over the course of the season they'll probably be a lot better at. And then some of their defenders will be a, a bit of a fantasy asset. At the moment, I wouldn't go there. That's why I'm I'm thinking that that uh, Leeds are going to be able to do some damage as well. But I think that Burnley has a good opportunity moving forward uh, when they do get forward to to play some good football and maybe pinch a few goals. 
because um, leads can be a bit open at the back as well. So that's my game. I'm interested to see how that one plays out and hoping for some good scores there. Um, guys, if there's if there's nothing else... Um, we'll just quickly throw it oh, out. I think yeah. my uh, bold prediction is I reckon the upset of the week could actually be Wolverhampton Man U. Wasn't that impressed with Southampton Man U? And I think Wolves played two games. Yes, they've lost both 1-0. Um but one was against Leicester and the other one was against, I can't even remember off the top of my head, I did just look at it, um, Tottenham. So I don't. Th- I think they've uh, probably performed better than that table suggests. And I think at home, I reckon that could, you never know, could be a, a closer game than people imagine. Add it to the multi, Mick. Add it to the multi. My goodness. Wow. Separate multi, separate multi for that one. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Look, boys, thanks so much for um, spending the time today. Let's uh, hope our predictions work out. Let's hope our fantasy teams um, do well this particular game week. And uh, we will catch up next week to do it all again. Um, So thank you, boys. Thanks to our mums who are probably the only ones listening right now. We appreciate it. And uh, we will catch everyone next week. Cheers, guys. See ya. Yeah. Yeah. Bye.